Welcome to Pickle Me This, the officially unofficial podcast for Rick and Morty on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm Aaron. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today we're covering Season 4, Episode 9, Child Rick of Morty. Here's Aaron with the recap. Jerry has decided to inflict upon his family mankind's ancient enemy, camping. But in route to ripping a fat bong hit off Mother Nature, Rick is forced to take responsibility for fucking a planet. And I mean really fucking it. Rick is compelled by Beth to care for a suddenly numerous progeny. Jerry retreats to the woods to found the primitive society of unproductives. And a literal god gets involved in a paternity challenge with Rick, while Summer and Morty just try to get high and play video games. All right, Aaron, it's Child Rick and Mort. What'd you think of it? I have not seen Children of Men. Right or is it children of God? So I I don't know children, all of I don't know if there's any uh, hidden illusions of this. Uh, but I liked it a lot as a person who's a fan of camping, but also recognizes it's a fucked up, pretty dumb hobby. Uh, it's it's the rare episode where I kind of felt a little kinship for Jerry. Hmm. Uh, okay, you know the man's just right on his s'mores technique. I'll fight people about it, but uh, every once in a while, a broke clock is, is right. It's, it happens twice a day, and it happened at least once in this episode. Um, but yeah, I thought it was pretty fun. Like, there's a lot of things I think are borderline canon stretching and and like Rick getting literally beat up in his physical fight with God, I think is interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, like a lot of the gags were really funny. I thought there's a lot of of sly commentary and humor about the engineered society that, you know, kind of almost pre lampoons what we just saw on, on Westworld, uh, season three. Uh, but, uh, there, there's, uh, another hot Dan Harmon original song. Let's go camping. Sure. Uh, I think this is the first appearance of Rob Schraub, uh, you know, uh, is in, in a voice role. He was, uh, I think got the Zeus God. Okay. The, the, the bargain, the, the, the base was a bargain basement discount Yahweh Mm -hmm. and all of the voices of the like half clay, half God people. Um. Yeah, but no. It is a weird. It's it's a weird kind of like a uh, uh, off kilter Rick and Morty, and I and I dug it. What do you think, man? I don't know. Like I'm I'm looking at this. I'm going okay. There's some good jokes. Uh, I feel, it, you know, is it there? There are personal attacks in here on me uh, <laughs> as as someone who for a living commentates on uh, television shows. I, I have to imagine they would apply this label of unproductives to themselves as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, being, you know, out of, it, of entertainment. Sure. Certainly uh-huh. not a thing that needs to happen. Um, <laughs> something that we enjoy happening though, perhaps. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I felt that I felt somehow some sympathy for Jerry when summer mercilessly cuts into him like a brief moment. And it's pretty brutal. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I, this thing made me feel a lot of weird emotions that I don't know how to like reconcile. Did you get on top of being just, you know, generally like a commentary on modern society. Yeah. Did your dad ever make you go camping? I've been camping once or twice. Yeah. Did, were you forced to? Because I think that's the the key. Because I, mm, if I was Morty's age, I pro- I probably wouldn't have felt forced. If I was Summer's age, I probably would have. Interesting. There's like a two year period in there where my opinion on camping totally changed. Huh. Yeah. I because I I always liked camping. I always liked outdoor stuff. Um. But it's funny because my parents never made never took me camping ever. 
ever. Huh. Um, yeah, like my first time camping essentially came as an adult. Like I was like 30 years old and on a whim, I was looking for something to do with my son. I saw there was like a discount clearance on tents at like Dick's Sporting Goods. I'm like, you know what? I always wanted to go camping. I wish my dad took me camping, got a tent and kind of fell in love. Nice. <laughs> it's weird, though, because like it's one of those things where um, I'm not going to try to sell anyone on camping because like I don't really understand why I like it, too. Like I recognize that it's inconvenient and it's primitive and you smell bad. Uncomfortable. And it's it's a lot of discomfort. But there's it's something where like the sum of the experience is greater than the whole parts. Hmm. You, you do feel. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's true of like a lot of things that are hard. Um, hmm. You know, camping is not easy, certainly. Um, but but I feel like learning is the same way. Like, okay, learning is not easy. But once you've learned something and mastered it, it feels so fucking good, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it just I, feels like you have control of something. I don't know. It feels like, you know, it's like camping for me is like uh, you, you hear about those thunder uh, vests for dogs, like the constrict, you know, it's like uh, or, yeah. or cats or a weighted blanket, I guess, for people. Uh-huh. It, it kind of makes it. That's what it does for me psychologically. It's like, yeah, this is stupid and I'm not equipped by modern life to do this. But somehow this feels right. Like like cooking <laughs> over this fire and, and waking up and smelling, smelling meat roasting over over fire. That That's feels like it's right in some kind of cosmic way. Everything else about it's bullshit. Yeah. Uh, I feel like you can get the best parts of camping in your backyard. All you got to do, <laughs> set up a little fire pit, go roast some, you know, hot dogs, cook some s'mores, yeah. uh, enjoy campfire discussions with your friends and drinking beers, and then go inside and sleep on a mattress made for a human being. Dude, when I lived in the suburbs, I did that a lot with my son. We camped in our backyard yeah. and, it, and I agreed with you until I got in this fucking hiking bullshit and like this kayaking <laughs> bullshit. And uh-huh. now it's like, well, it's also a nice base camp for like doing all the other bullshit bong rip of, of nature that's going on. Yeah, there yeah. too. Yeah, that's true. And especially, but, uh, you know, if you if you end up getting lost, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe you fall into perhaps a river uh, trying to skip yeah. stones or something and yeah, find yeah. yourself in the wilderness. It's a good skill to have, you know. Well, see, that's what's wild about this episode is I thought they were gearing up to make the joke that like Jerry is like everything else. He's just a faker, you know, like okay. he's uh, he's like um, a fucking uh, uh, I don't know. What would you call uh, like he, he buys all of his camping equipment out of the sharper image catalog? Yeah, you know, it's all it's all space age telescoping wiener roasts. And if you're out in the in, in the real shit, you're not gonna be able to start a fire. Uh-huh. And and he, he can't even skip a rock. Right, Jim. <laughs> He's going to try to teach his kids how to skip. He can a rock. It's a boulder. He can't skip a boulder. No. He, he he hits himself in the knee or the shin, falls in. You, you saw it happen. Mm-hmm. But then the man turns into fucking, you know, survival expert. Once yeah, he gets Robinson to this camp Caruso. full of. Yeah. Like someone shows some appreciation for his fucking s'mores. And suddenly he's like rebuilding primitive technology over there. Mm-hmm. Did you see this coming out of Jerry? You know, now you put it that way. No, definitely not. Like he started fire by doing that wiggle and stick method. That's got to be the hardest way to start fire, in my opinion. <laughs> I can't to do rub it. with your hands another stick against another stick till it catches fire. Like I can wrap my head around that shit that Tom that Tom Hanks did on Castaway. I can wrap my shit around mm-hmm. like that fire bow. Yeah. But like just spinning your own fucking hands. What the hell? That generated nothing but blood for me. And this guy's <laughs> making it work. There's something about Jerry in primitive like survival situations. Demand comes alive. Yeah, when the chips are down, I think Jerry has shown himself time and time again to actually be somebody who can handle himself. 
Like, like he's a caveman in his bones and modern <laughs> society just like shackles him. <laughs> I think you hit on something deep and profound about Jerry. I, and the other thing I thought was interesting is I and we've seen Jerry without a shirt on before, haven't we? Probably. Is do you ever remember them animating him having like man boob, like slightly man boobish pectorials and a little bit of like defined love handles and the the back the back bacon region? Definitely not. Is that an evolution? Well, I'm just, I'm wondering if he's like if they're trying to suggest that Jerry's starting to take like he's is he building up a little bit of peck or are they just showing like they just consciously illustrating a dad bod, you know, like like a realistic like <laughs> gone to see dad bod it could, because it could go yeah, either way. It could. He could he, he could get in the, the, the Nautilus machine and this, the Bowflex and he's working his chest or, mm-hmm. you know, he's just eating a couple more bags of potato chips. I don't know. I don't know. He's got all that time. It depends on what you do with it. Um. I did I did love the camping original song again. I think this is like the third week in a row. Maybe every every one this half season has had a like Dan Harmon original song to it. Um but I love <laughs> I love that especially the like even if you hate camping you got to go camping because I feel like that's where you turn people into diehard anti-campers. Like yeah. you take a person that's not that's like at least not camping curious and you force them to go and it's like it's, like, it's just fucking bullshit, man. Mm. So yeah, you got to you got uh, to get in the headspace of camping if you're going to enjoy camping. I, 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 and, and I also love Jerry's like uh, primitive uh, phrases, like in six, six days, he's whipped these people into this kind of like religious fervor. And he comes in and, you know, like Rick insults him about his being employed. He's like, ah, oh, his tongue is sharp, but it cannot whittle. The time of the great roughing it is at hand. You will now join the one family on its eternal getaway. Like I just I fucking love the casual world building the show does. Um, anytime they have to get primitive and very yeah. reminiscent of Morty's uh, tree people dalliance he had in the multiverse episode. Sure. I, I mean, they do this a lot, right? They take uh, the the face huggers from aliens and they turn them into a society under, you know, summer's rule. So, like, mm-hmm. it seems like everybody in this house is capable of turning a society into molding a society in the direction yeah. it chooses uh, to be fit. You know, that's the other thing. I just you just made it seem like a very impressive accomplishment that I poo pooed it in six days. But like, OK, Rick has built like a um, a warp capable civilization in six days. Oh, yeah. But Jerry's taken like a a rough luck crew and turned them into a fully functional primitive society in the same amount of time, mm-hmm. like stacked against anyone else's accomplishments. He's a genius leader of men. I, it seems like it. Yeah, he's a, he's a genius leader of a certain caliber of person. Mm. And that yeah. caliber is perhaps one notch on the ladder of success lower than he is. The, and, you know, Summer he, makes that point, essentially. He's the alphaist, uh, alphaist of betas. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Jesus. That what uh, Summer said was, like you said, made me like sit up and feel sorry for Jerry, which I didn't think would ever happen. Yeah, same here. You set the bar like uh, it's... You know, you, you take everything away from people and you set the bar that fucking low. You might feel like you're worth a fuck. Like, God damn. Uh, even J- even Morty had to stick up for the old man. Yeah, uh, it felt bad. It felt wrong. That scene, I didn't like it, even though I'm not a fan of Jerry. But, you know, th- I, I don't. Hmm. Is it progress, though? Because he didn't. Most of the time he would like he would sulk and like be passive aggressive and make it everyone else's problem. Mm hmm. Uh, this he just goes off in camp says fuck all you people yeah uh, and then you know he comes back and he founds a society and then at the end he 
T goes to Summer and says, you know what? You were right. You were right about that. Um, he recognizes the the flaws within himself. And I think that's certainly a first step toward fixing the flaws is admitting mm-hmm. that you have them. Um, but, you know, does anything ever really stick with these characters in this universe? And I think it does. It's just it takes a very long time because we, yeah. you know, we don't have a lot of those reckonings. I think it's realistic. It's it, it all snowballs, but the snow, this this uh, personal improvement snow just isn't very sticky. The yep. dry, powdery snow, that personal improvement snow. Uh-huh. And it takes it. It, it takes uh, you need, need a nice, wet, sticky ball to even have a hope of accumulating any of it. And uh, the, these are these are dry, dry, snowy balls, man. <laughs> rolling, rolling down some some fresh powder hills, I think. Uh, they sounded like sweaty, stinky ones to me, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the other. That's the other thing about camping is like I think camping, if uh, you do it as a couple, is an inherently kind of sexy activity. Um, but boy, yeah, if you don't have access to regular showers and stuff, uh, no. the romance, the romance. I don't know how. I don't know how the cave, our cave ancestors <laughs> did it. Maybe they just got used to it. But the the, the aroma after a week in the bush mm-hmm. smells like you've you've been a week out in the bush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you don't know any that. better. If that's the best no. you got. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Talk yourself into thinking that's that's a, that's a real that's the, that's that stink. Gotta mm-hmm. love that stink. Um, do you want to talk about Rick the fuck boy, or do you want to talk about kids versus the world? Uh, kids versus the world. I'm curious what you got on that. All right, the video games um, again. High. I thought this was yeah. This was an interesting statement um, from the show about its kind of cockeyed view of how you would raise or should raise a children children. Right, like. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's the don't let them experience anything. Keep them very safe until they become adults and they're able to handle responsibility versus, you know, maybe kids should be able to get in age appropriate trouble and have to run back to the safety of home and and uh, uh, every once in a while be, be humbled because otherwise, you know, you got wild shit that happens. I thought this I don't know. I thought I thought it was kind of an interesting back and forth about that. And. Speaking of dry balls accumulating some personal insight, uh, uh, snow along the way, I feel like Morty and Summer had a little bit of a breakthrough about like, oh, my God, we am I scared straight? Oh, fuck. I think I scared myself straight straight. <laughs> and like grandpa comes in and is like we did wrong. We played video games, got high. We did wrong. And he comes in and just completely destroys the moral lesson there. Yeah. Uh, I fucking love it when he does and you don't see it very often. But Rick has this like pigeon language. He speaks with this, this like vaguely Yiddish. Like he calls them babushkas or whatever. <laughs> okay. Baba, no, you know, some, some, no. Every once in a while he breaks it, he, he broke out the little, uh, little, little kid baby talk and uh, fuck your mom and your dad, they're dicks. You know, getting high and play video games, it's just the best. Oh my God, you're inhaling brake fluid? Let me do it. Um, I, I kept, don't know. I kept looking for the, the come up on that con, or at least that's how I saw it. I was like, mm. oh, okay, th- this is not like Rick to be this cool. Uh, it, but then it never really comes. The the only change up they throw here is that he immediately sells them out. But mm. I feel like he's he's not changing, you know, sort of the, the lesson that he taught them before, which is, you know, you can save the world getting high and playing video games. Um, right. Or at least save your grandfather uh, that way. He's he's simply just, you know, uh, reneging on his promise. So. Yeah, and also there's this idea that um, he does like he will praise to the moon whatever is responsible. Like he's uh, 
he's he almost gets like this religious fervor when he's about to when he's in circumstances where he might die and it makes him like briefly this like very grateful like bubbly effuse person and he's all about like whatever it was the kids did to save him in this instant and then you know mm-hmm. next week he'll be bitching about this video game's rotting your brain morty you go out there and create a universe you're sitting here fucking paying some goddamn raccoon shells or bells or whatever the fuck you're doing on this island like come on <laughs> um but and, and then yeah. just how like he has no moral principle because he's like yeah and I'll, and your grandpa will never sell you out you've learned this valuable lesson and he sells him out for so cheap a coin yeah. it's like jerry got a single point on him yep in, in the game board of life and that sent him over over the edge of betrayal and it's so fucking toxic it's so toxic it's like i don't know he's he's still the same old rick right he's been doing this from episode one of season one just driving mm-hmm. a wedge into this family um particularly between you know beth and jerry and he's still at it you know he's been humbled to the point or he should have been humbled to the point uh after essentially his family left him um, and he had to go sacrifice them to get them out of the trouble that he caused. He should have taken a hint there, uh, but he comes back this season just as just as much of a wedge in this family as he ever was. Yeah, just it's from a different a whole a whole brand new angle for, of it, too. He's looking at wedge wedge in new cracks. Yeah. Well, I think the most disappointing thing is that Beth doesn't if she sees it, she's not doing anything about it. Yeah. And she has in the past. Like, there have been times when she's put her foot down. Are, are you doing what I think you're doing? Are you flopping the Beth got replaced by an Android last season <laughs> dick on the table now, Jim? I wasn't planning to, but now that flopping you it out there. Now that you mention it, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she is a lot more chill about a lot of things. But it also could be just like, I think... Um, you know, there's a point in the last year or two where my son's kind of converted from, you know, pre proto teenager to teenager where I'm like started to get like upset about things he was planning on doing or like, well, I don't know about my like, hey, you know what? This is an age appropriate activity. OK, yeah, sure. All right. I'm not going to yeah. get upset about this. And I wonder if like, you know, Morty's 14 now. Beth is 16 going on 17, whatever she is. She's going to be out. like, I wonder if Beth is kind of like, you know, I'm kind of done. Uh, maybe I didn't do the best job. Maybe I didn't do the worst job. But like my 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 actual hardcore parenting is just about behind me. My dad's a fucking god level genius. Fuck it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she could be unnaturally chill. She could be replaced by an android. Yeah, it 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 makes me wonder if the if that uh, relationship between Jerry and Beth survives the kids growing up. And I don't mm. know that we'll ever see it in this show because they're perpetually whatever age they were when we started, but yeah, it, it's an interesting question. I think Jerry kind of impressed her at the end. Of it. I think she would have been down yeah. to bone him. It just, he stank. Like there are you know, a, a few times that he does days. that, <laughs> right? Like yeah. uh, he, I remember that one where, um, the, 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 her vet, uh, counterpart turned into a mantis and Jerry. Busts oh, the chrono- in yeah. Yeah. And beats him to death. Like I, yeah. there are several times where Jerry's done that. And that's what we mean. I think when we're talking about Jerry, when the chips are down, Mm-hmm. Uh, being a stand-up guy, being yeah, able to handle himself. Yeah, he digs deep, but like it's weird, like the things he picks because like he'll also let a drunken hobo with a broken wine bottle come at <laughs> come at Beth and push her down in in route to get in the car and locking the door behind him, like right. you know. But but like xenomorphs, he'll get up for that. And, and uh, I don't I don't think it's a healthy, getting Cronenberg. Yeah, I don't think it's a healthy relationship for Jerry to literally only be a decent person when the chips are fully 
that's all true. on the table. Like, right. you, you can't wait until the last possible second to re- rescue a relationship and then say, oh, look what a great relationship we have. That doesn't make yeah. a good relationship. That makes a relationship that is clinging desperately to life support. Yeah. And, and anything could break it. Yeah. It's like you're playing a poker and you refuse to do anything but fold unless like you get that, you know, million to one odd and then it's all fucking chips in, you know, it's like, yeah, you gotta, you know, you gotta take some of the riskier, riskier side bets. You can't, you can't, you can't, uh, you gotta get skin in the game all the time. Jerry, uh, there's a couple of things I, I want to kind of pivot on this because there's an interesting question. If Beth is replaced, there's a, there's, there's, it, it recontextualized the scene of like her and her father reveling at, right. Creating this society together and him showing genuine pride in her as a child. Like does like, I, although I guess it would be interesting if he just got so drunk and high over the intervening months that he forgot that he replaced her with a perfect Android replica. No, uh-huh. but so I guess, yeah, it's like, oh, that'd be weird. But I'm like, you know what? Just like the show for her to come back like three years later, like, you know, fucking uh, Doc Brown, you know, out of Back to the Future one's ending. Like she steps out and she's in some kind of DeLorean and she's wearing space clothes. And he's like, oh, fuck, I forgot. I replaced you three years ago or whatever. Yeah. Like I could see a season starting with that and and nobody batting an eye. Mm-hmm. Um but two things before we move on from the kids of the world. Um, I really thought the actual anticlimactic where the kids like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to huff this alien hookah and I want to pretend like this is a game like like a PlayStation controller. And it's just all going to work uh-huh. like happens like we see this shit all like fucking Jurassic, a movie of no less stature than Jurassic Park pulls this shit yep. with Lex saying it's fucking Unix. I know this. <laughs> and she's going to master this multimillion dollar says, you know, you know, custom fucking did his Nedry thing. Uh-huh. Um I just think it's so funny that the, the the wings shoot off and it like and you're thinking that's the joke. And then the actual joke is it takes off out of control. Yeah. Um, oh, God. And then ends up blowing God's brains out. It's just ah, what 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 a comic moment. Let's talk about the Rick, the, Rick, the fuck boy. Um, OK, so Rick, between this and the stinger, uh, Rick likes the, his his uh, his sexual companions big. Yeah. Hefty. Yeah. Uh, how does he feel about gas giants? You know, I think he likes some cloudy, there. Jim. That is something with Rick because like it seems like he's really attracted to things that are larger than himself. Yeah. Like unity. Again, he's fucking an entire planet. He's literally fucking a planet now. Mm-hmm. He's all about their holes in their ozone layers and all that other stuff. Um, Loves it. So that, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, what is the significance of these uh, half demigod half Gaian things popping out what are the what's the significance of them saying i am as they're shooting out the guy's virginal or not the vaginal canal uh i mean we talked a little bit about this before the cast and we you know basically said maybe this is some generically philosophical idea of just what it means to be a being an intelligent Mm. being yeah i think it's like like a sort of stuff it's a good shorthand for like maybe there's a writer's room question like why should the because I almost thought that like when these things just kind of like shooting out and they look like they're clay dolls and they're breaking on the ground. My first thought is like, oh, well, these aren't even alive or real things or this is just some kind of weird shit. But when they stand up and start saying I am, is that the fastest shorthand possible to be like, oh, no, these are actually conscious thinking creatures I suppose that are so, fully yeah. realized and kind of ready to go. Yeah. Um. 
is this a is this a dig at God? Uh, the whole Rick creating this bear, this uh, spacefaring civilization in six days, six creative days. Uh, I hadn't even thought about that. I, I was thinking more about the the societal part of it than the like religion versus science stuff. Although that's in there. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's a it's a fair question. I thought it was a little bit know. of a shot, a little bit of a shot fired. Um, uh-huh. It's got to be. I mean, God there are a lot of shots fired at God. A lot of punches. That's thrown, true. A lot, lot of ball kicks. A lot of ball kicks. Um, I want to talk about. Yeah, God shows up and like kicks Rick's ass. Which yeah. the whole time I was when this was happening the first time, I'm like, I, when is Rick going to bring out the galaxy ending gun and just take him out? But. Rick actually does like to sometimes settle things mano mm-hmm. a mano. This this is like the Stephen Colbert multi universe guy. Yep. This was the devil. Of course, he actually you know took time to plan, but this he just decided to throw down with God, and he got his ass. I think he just got his ass kicked. Oh, he did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, we've questioned you know like what's the power scale of Rick? Is he on the God scale? And it appears that he is not on the God scale. But see, I think he took. I think he just. I think he just decided to fight him straight up. Like, I think he could kill God, this God. You don't hmm. think he could? Well, I wouldn't have thought that until a spaceship through the head did it. And then I'm thinking, oh, well, this guy's far more mortal than we thought he was. Yeah. Like Rick didn't have an so, energy yeah. field or some kind of anti-God gun or he found the guy's power source. Like, I thought that was going to be, you mm. know, I, I I didn't see Rick getting his ass kicked by an off-brand Yahweh. Not at all. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely going with the science versus faith. Um, and it ties in, you know, with the, with a lot of different questions about our society and our responsibility toward the planet and, uh-huh. um, you know, the planet's reaction to our presence, things like that. Mm. There, there's just a ton of that. It's a, it's a big mixing bowl full of that stuff. And yeah. to the point where I don't even know that they're making a statement because there are so many things they're saying. Um, yeah. Uh, the, although I get a general feeling from this episode that they are, you know, generally uh, undesirables or un what unproductive is what they call them are not something mm-hmm. to be thrown away because this shit will come back on you. That kind of thing. Right. Right. Plus, we um, need, you know, if ever it's like, uh, you know, uh, all work and no play makes Jack a dull, dull boy. You turn into mm-hmm. axe wielding homicidal Jack Nicholson's with that kind of policy. Oh, you right. need. The do nothingers that sit and talk about Rick and Morty on podcasts and society or else we just just clug up your shithole and you don't yeah. want that. And then they come back and they, you know, start trying to tear down the thing that the deemed productives are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not good for anybody. And then, you know, you get so productive at some point that the planet just gets pissed off at you for, you know, killing any connection that humans have with nature whatsoever. Yeah. And it kicks you off the planet, destroys everything you worked for. So, like, th- there's some kind of balance <laughs> yeah, that you you're need right. there. Uh-huh. You're, you're exactly right. And it, I, man, I, I like some of the social engineering jokes they're doing, like filtering out humans into three basic <laughs> categories, round, flat, or middle earthers. Uh, that was good. <laughs> And then, like, the whole idea of, like, uh, we have an, a surplus of, like, ele- elementary school English teachers shunt them into the pr- playwright path by <laughs> paddling their asses and then sending them into some kind of, I don't know, hellscape of disapproving parents and authority figures. and Yeah, they're, yeah. they're really going hard on the uh, incest porn this season, too. 
the, the joke know, where like the therapists are getting bored, give them more incest porn, and Beth says twenty percent wasn't enough. Yeah, no <laughs> shit, man. Well, how much is it with the? Well, we're gonna get into the feedback. It's a lot of thirsty fucking Ugh. degenerates out there. It turns out. Uh, also, <laughs> savage burn on online colleges, right? Like I missed it. I, well, what was that? Uh, they're saying like, uh, you know, like you can't keep circling these undesirables into the system. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to implement the online college option to keep them occupied. And she goes, or you could just shoot them out of tube and back. And they're like, ah, same thing. Um, <laughs> wow. So my question to you is in 2020, mm-hmm. I know that there was a lot of and uh, rightfully so. There's a lot of uh, dis- you know disparagement about online education, uh, yes. lack of accreditation, whether it's actually worth the money you can spend on it, whether it's actually is it is it a scam or whether it's just taking money for it. Um, and I feel like that like so like online dating used to be heavily stigmatized, still a little bit, still a little bit today. But on the other hand, online dating's uh, responsible for like uh, this this awesome badass relationship I've had for the last ten years. Yeah, so same you know, here. Suck a dick if you don't like online dating Mm -hmm. Um, is online because like there's nothing inherently wrong with the idea of online education. It might be the wave of the future. Is it just like, yeah, it's like a 2030. This 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 is going to age like milk and like, what the fuck? You can get an MIT degree without ever stepping out of your door. You know, I think I think that's going to be the case soon enough. Um, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with online education. I think it's uh slightly more difficult maybe for certain subjects um yeah I, I'm, sure. I'm a very hands-on learner like i, I like for to different do learning types to, yeah yeah yeah. It, it, yeah like how do you learn how to build uh anything online like, uh-huh. you can know everything you need to know about you know how things fit together and all the principles for its motion uh-huh. but how are you going to engineer how are you going to feel something yeah. uh and how to engineer it by just learning a bunch of stuff online you got to do it um, yeah. and that's, that's tougher. So but, it's like a fit of material fit of the person too, you know, cause not everyone's like a self-starting, like self-engaging yeah, yeah. learner either. Uh, hmm. but you know, mathematics, philosophy, stuff like that. You could certainly learn online. I, I don't see any reason why you couldn't. Uh, but it does seem like there's a lot of shady outfits. there willing to separate people from, from their money <laughs> with very oh, little. Yeah. So you, yeah, do, do your own fucking, do your own fucking head work, uh, homework and head work and all that other stuff. Cause shit, I don't know. I don't know. I'm 43 online colleges weren't even a thing when I, when I matriculated out of that system. So uh, before we get out of here, I got one last thing I want to talk about. It's a little bit meta, right. but it's, it's a question I have every time I go to Amazon and I look at the descriptions of these episodes, I think is Amazon going to continue for six more seasons, this bro joke in their descriptions where every sentence ends with bro. I think Cause it's I think already far past its expiration date. Far I past it. I think that's Justin Roiland and writing them all and insisting. I think he <laughs> thinks that this is like a funny bit that he's committing to. Like, like these, like the, like, uh, this is essentially, uh, a stoner college bro yeah. trying to tell their buddies about the show. They just watch. Oh bro. Wait, do you see this with bro? They got the whole family in it, brah. Yeah, I, it I think honestly yeah. feels like Amazon's got an intern, a 20 year old intern who is literally a stoner kid in college writing these yeah. things. And are they going to do it for six more years? Yeah. Yeah. They want they, they want uh. you to huff break alien brake fluid and have these descriptions make sense. <laughs> Look, I'm all for huffing alien brake fluid. I just don't like these descriptions. <laughs> They're not very helpful. They're no. not very helpful. Uh, shall we transition to feedback? Yeah, let's do it. We're 
we're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints, except it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, <laughs> now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim, order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar, then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. Well, if you'd like to send us feedback, it's easy to do. You just go to your email client or your browser and say Rick and Morty at baldmove.com. Put in some stuff in the box, hit send, boom, we'll get it. Uh, some people took us up there and I, I want to have a I just want to read a statement that's been authorized by <laughs> our content statement. team, a prepared statement. Uh, Jim, let's just say that there was a, uh, a vibe through the feedback uh, and that 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 vibe was. Uh, you guys are just kind of a bunch of former Christian cult prudes. People talking about fucking hot sisters, dads, brothers, mothers, cousins, aunts, etc. We do that all the time. I had no idea there's this many thirsty people out there <laughs> horned up about their friends, family members. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are some just just no boundary having people out there. And God love you one and all. Um, I'm not like I will. I confess I have thought a buddy's mom has been hot. I've I've liked a buddy's sister or three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have never once gone up to my buddy and said, hey, man, your fucking mom, <laughs> that dump truck ass. <laughs> Call me a Pixar exec because I'm buying like <laughs> I'm not concerned that you you're, you're, you think your, your buddy's sister is hot. I'm just like, why yeah. are you making it his problem? That's that's my thing. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, because wa- he does nothing with that. Right. Like, I, yeah, the, the, word, the best he does with that is side eye you. Uh, every time like you come summer. over. Yeah, like summer. Like, oh, uh-huh. oh yeah, Tammy, is that why you're here? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you could, it's like your buddy says your sister's hot. The next play is like, do, do you want me to set you up? Like, do you want me to tell you all the disgusting reasons you shouldn't be in love with her? Like, I can fucking remember when this, you know, this is a mess. This is a full-blown mess that I'm I'm living with here. I, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. I'm like with I said, you. I, I love you. I just think that, like, maybe, maybe leave the, the family member out of the discussion of how much you want to bone. 
but you know that's just me i'm a i'm a i was raised in a cult bit of a prude <laughs> uh brob came in with another kind of herned up email said as a listener who's been listening since i was in the eighth grade you guys have shaped how my developing mind has enjoyed oh, media no. Oh, no. so arguably we're we're at fault with whatever for at fault proportionally with whatever comes next says now i'm a sophomore in college i can verify that this porn thing morty's talking about in the last episode was spot on i have a close relationship with a couple friends both male and female who make separate snapchat stories filled with their porn that they've seen and enjoyed it's actually kind of interesting sometimes to see what people are into Hmm. anyway hope i make the show and have a good day you made the show you made my day you know there's there's people out there afraid of this future jim yeah i fucking love it i can't i can't (laughs) go ahead i I mean I, i just want to defend my prudishness here and i realize it's prudishness like yeah. I, I don't i don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that however if there's one fucking thing throughout my childhood that was hammered into my head is that sex outside of marriage is bad period <laughs> and that, and that you're you're the weirder it gets the worse it is the incest uh-huh. porn is just fucking i mean that that today is still a standard that i live up to uh-huh. i'm not interested in that whatsoever agreed so it's like perplexing i think it's probably long-term probably bad for society but you know yeah it's, so a, it's I, a ge- I guess i'm glad you came through the gauntlet of our prudish upbringings <laughs> uh in your ears for years since you were a child mm-hmm. and actually did not have that prudishness sink into you. I guess I'm proud of that. So good job on yeah. you for that. There's a lot of sexual hall monitors out there. Oh, you yeah. You know, want to blow the whistle and, and uh, give you a write-up for, you know, getting out of the the vanilla missionary position, position lane. And that's fine. That's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, there's probably people who can't fucking get enough of that stuff. But, uh, yeah, none of this hall monitor shit. Uh, all right, let's move on to the to, to uh, a non-herned-up email. Uh, Severin. This email had quite the introduction, Jim. Uh, this the Severin, too, has been a long-term listener uh, since our early leftover days, at least. And he uh, disclosed that he has common cause with us because he is a former Jehovah's Witness uh, raised that way in a oh, way like yourself. Man's got some real beef with the man upstairs. So let's just oh, say yeah. that. Well, me too. Uh, so that's that's the intro to all this. He says, when Rick thought, fought God, I about lost my shit. That's a fight I've wanted to have since I was a little kid. I'd beg my mom when she would say, no, I'd pray to God that if I'm good, can I please, please, please get the latest and greatest Ninja Turtle action figure? Answer still no. You can't have Ninja Turtles as a no, Jehovah's Witness. Oh, what, you want like, Ghostbusters? They're fucking evolved from turtles. That's a, that's a, that's a science no. And then they're like Ninja, <laughs> mystical, Eastern religion. That's all weird. Mm-hmm. No on that too. It's a two, it's a two, it's a two pronged assault against God there. Yeah, violence Severin. too. And violence, there's the third leg. You can't stand against that. Uh, or how about the times I'd pray for the smallest sign of anything to let me know that someone was listening? I prayed for my heart, for my brain, out loud, in my mind, but nothing. This makes me want to fight that imaginary person in the sky. I guess I just need to be the smartest person in the universe to accomplish that goal, either that or get into comedy and storytelling to make it happen. That, mm-hmm. didn't, Although, even the, the smartest person in the universe got their ass handed to him by God, so... It's true. That stings. He's, uh... 1-0 versus the devil, 0-for-1 against an off-brand Yahweh. So, that's that's hmm. that's interesting. Guess we've got our power rankings developing, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to be able to... Man, man, by the time you get all 10 seasons out, the Who Kicks Who guide will be amazing. Uh, he says, the second half of the season has been great. I'm going to be sad when it's off for a while, but that gives us room to rewatch and pick up concepts we may have missed the first few times. I agree. This show is a pretty good, rewarding rewatch. And I think this... 
the second half has been pretty consistently good. Like I think, I think so, you got yeah. three three all time greats and a solid episode, and we still got the finale to go. Which you know, are we going? We're we going to get some dread continuity again. Um, Maybe. Said uh, overall, the fact that Morty and Summer killed God by accident made my day. Just thinking of an all knowing being get killed by accident was a thing of beauty. And of course, the post credit scene of Planets Only Porn. What Planets was saying was hilarious. Young, dumb, and orbiting the sun. Great episode <laughs> from start to finish. And uh, I think there, there's something about that. Uh, you know the way they accidentally kill God, being in an alien uh-huh. spaceship. I feel like they're saying something with that. Yeah, like when we find other sentient life in the universe. Are we really going to still cling to this concept? But maybe not. Maybe I'm it reading too much the age, into it. It answers the age-old question raised by James Tiberius Kirk, Kirk <laughs> right? In Star Trek Five, what does God need with a starship? Uh-huh. Nothing. He should stay the fuck away from starship. Starship number one leading cause of quasi deities. <laughs> In, in this uh, shard of the finite probability curve. Uh, that's it for the feedback this week. Thanks for everybody sending in stuff. Uh, all you, you, you herned up people out there. You can send in feedback to Rick and Morty at baldmove.com. Uh, we'll be back next week for the finale episode. Can't wait to see what it's all about and discuss it with you. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya. Pickle Me This is distributed and produced by Bald Move. All music featured on this podcast is from the Rick and Morty soundtrack, available from Sub Pop Records. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To discover the many other great shows we do, please check out baldmove.com. If you appreciate what we do and want to directly support us, consider joining our club at club.baldmove.com to get access to exclusive bonus audio and video features. Finally, You can follow us on your favorite social media at Bald Move. See you next time.